We are three friends who like playing tabletop games and thought it would be fun to create characters based on movie and TV characters for role-playing games. I'm Karina, and I'm joined by... Ian. And Matt. And this is... Hollywood Hollywood Rolls. Don't you realize, the next time you see Sky, it'll be over another town. The next time you take a test, it'll be in some other school. Our parents... They want the best stuff for us, but right now, they got to do what's right for them because it's their time. Their time. Up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. Grab your inhaler and hop on your bike to find some rich stuff. Save the goondocks, but never say die because this week we're building Mikey from the 80s classic adventure, The Goonies for 5e. I feel like we start this episode with me admitting Some that confessions. I, yeah, shame, no. I, shame, <laughs> shame, shame. We, we haven't even gotten to my admission. And there's shaming. I, <laughs> I'm pre-shaming you, Madam. Sorry. <laughs> I saw the Goonies for the first time a week ago I'm in 2023. For you. Yeah. I know that was... it was. Fine. I know. So <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be like it's like me with the Princess Bride. Like I didn't see it until I was an adult, yeah. and like the fond memories that I had from it. Mm. Nostalgia is the key, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. I, I, so also, I felt like you hid this from us because we've definitely <laughs> talked about doing this for the podcast. I feel like since the inception of the podcast, and like we could always do the Goonies, and I felt like. Why is Matt not coming along with me on this Goonies journey? This feels very much like a D&D journey. Yeah, I was just okay. quietly hiding my shame in the corner here. Weird. <laughs> and then finally, it was like, yeah, no, I've never seen the Goonies. Like, what? Now we have to do the Goonies. Yeah, no, it's good. We got a lot of people in this. We got Sean Astin. We got- I mean, uh, the child actors that become yeah. actual like famous movie stars. Through the roof, right? For sure. And I mean, uh, Kihu Kwan, we've we've recently done uh, oh, so much feels. My favorite thing about Kihu Kwan is that when the rocks are falling from the cave ceiling, he screams, holy S-H-I-T, because he promised his mom that he wouldn't use any expletives in the movie. I know, I saw that. That was <laughs> adorable. Was there was cute. a lot of shits in this movie for PG. So many. 19. <laughs> Yeah. For a kids movie, not like not even yeah. just like PG movie. 19... This is solidly a kids movie. Not, it's supposed to be not counting Kiki Kwan's filming yeah. out. It was nineteen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I love data. I this is kind of the elephant in the room for I think all of us that all of us really want to build data. Yeah. We just don't feel like we have quite the right tools to build data. Okay, so I I have come around on this. I actually think Artificer may work all right for data, but we have not prepared well, well enough for I that. I feel like you could make something that feels like data, mm-hmm. but yeah. I feel like yeah. Does if I'm really trying data, to be truthful of, do I have the things that make me feel like I am making wacky inventions and I can pull them out and they may or may not work in the environment that I'm in? I, no. You're going to be leaning a lot on your DM. Yeah. You're going to be leaning a lot on your DM. <laughs> a lot, which maybe, you know, if you're in character creation by yourself, will make it seem very uh, sad and lonely. Like we talked about this yeah. in our, you know, if you listen to this podcast long enough, you've heard our Wayne Zelensky build that Artificer, you want it to be a wacky inventor and it doesn't quite work that way. Can you, of course, do that at home with a cool DM? Yes, you can. As long as you stick to level two, you can probably do data all right. As soon as you hit the subclass sure. and you have to make subclass decisions, it gets uncomfortable and doesn't quite work quite right. And I right. feel like you can also just like yeah. be Percival Dorolo, you know, being a gunslinger, also making yeah. lucky inventions that work. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah. Any, anybody yeah. can have hobbies in D&D. Is that what a newbie or anybody else that, you know, is, you're coming in going, I don't know how to make a character. 
it's hard to make crafting work in a tabletop role-playing game that's adjudicated by DM. It's much easier to make that feel yeah. good in a video game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, but we're not building data tonight. We're going to build Mikey. We are, tonight. we are building Mikey. Yeah. And I don't dislike Mikey. I, I thought he was a good Sean character. Rastin, it's just such a good actor. I feel like he really yeah. founds the movie in an amazing way. He does. Rewatching it, I felt like there was more memorable characteristics than like lasted the test of time for me. Yeah. Like I really remember data because it was such a like. I think a lot of people remember he Data has more and to him. Chunk and maybe yes. Mouse and then maybe after that Mikey. <laughs> yeah. Mikey doesn't really have a thing because he's the main character. So his it's thing true. is kind they of all... mispronouncing words. That's well, the but they all thing. do that. It's, that. That was what I was, I was kind yes. of uh, Data annoyed kind about of because I felt like that, yeah. that could have been his thing. But then they sort of did it with Data too. and yeah. Only a little bit with Data. Mostly no, it's him Data, and his mom. But Data got it right. And then yeah. I feel like Mike, yeah, rubbed off on him in a wrong way. Once again, yeah. he was like, and then it became booty his thing. Traps. I was like, no, yeah, he said right. it. Yeah, Mikey That's said what it I said, first. Booby traps. But Mikey said it first and he got it from his mom. And yeah, I guess it's rubbed off on, <laughs> on his neighbors. <laughs> So usually we would leave this to the playability discussion, but I, I want to bring up a little bit early for this particular movie. D&D is going to be a, an interesting system to try and do a character build in, but, but there's like, a specific system made. Kids on bikes on is kind of like, <laughs> this is one of the core influences of kids on bikes. All the nose is in it. Kids it's, on bikes is because, you know, people want to say stranger things. They want to say, yeah, everything else like, has come out. Yeah, all that was modeled after this Ghostbusters. movie. Yeah, yeah, Gen Z. We were there back in the day when we actually had bikes that we rode around <laughs> and movies about them. <laughs> Which is surprising because there's very little actual screen time of them riding on bikes, but, but it's, it's very thing. quintessential in it. So I'll note but there's... implied they've been doing this the whole yeah. time, right? Yeah, 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 what yeah. the Goonies have done. We don't want another one of your crazy adventures, Mikey. Right. It's a, it's, it's exactly this. I mean, he's also got that asthma, and you can't go outside with asthma. You have to no. stay inside forever. <laughs> you have to strangle your brother with his exercise equipment in order to have a Saturday off, yeah. apparently. So E.T. also in this same kids on bikes genre. Mm -hmm. Honestly, a little bit sure. more kids on bikes in E.T. than there are here. They, but they, they did play D&D &D in that, though. It's true. <laughs> I'm also I'm going to note that I'm wearing a t-shirt for the uh, I'm wearing a t-shirt for the AV club, uh, which is not kids on bikes. It's Tales from the Loop, which is also in that same sort of genre. It's a little better for Stranger Things, but kids on bikes is perfect for running a Goonies game. It is. Um, it, so, may be, it may be like I've kickstarted the, the kids uh, on bikes uh, version, uh, two, version two. Yeah. And I'm supposed to get my rewards in perhaps a month or so. And it made me actually go back to te to drive the RPG and buy the original. I'm like, nice. I just need to know this. Come on, give it to me. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's a good system. I, 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 I'm, I'm a, I'm, we all know I'm a fan of systems other than, than fifth edition D&D. It's <laughs> fifth edition D&D is really fun. I really like it. I, uh, I prefer it to uh, third edition these days and I'm not a huge fan of Pathfinder, but I, uh, I, I like me some indie RPGs. They're good. The mechanics are always so fun. Yeah. I really, yeah. I can talk about kids of bikes all day. I mean, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun. And I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with the second system. And they've got like a Bria involved because she basically like was very instrumental in the kids on brooms. And I'm like, oh, yes. I love, I love that kind of thing where it's like, let's just take this for us and go. Bye -bye. I guess. Okay. So back to the movie. Yes. I want to have the briefest discussion about bummers for this movie because I honestly feel like there is... I think is... it actually holds up pretty good, but you coming in new, I want your perspective. Yeah, I feel like the only thing that feels a little bit problematic here is... Troy in general, but... <laughs> uh, well, the, yeah, there, there's well, that. 
Troy is being an asshole jock and is punished for being an asshole jock. Yeah. So okay. I think that's relatively acceptable. Okay. Fat shaming? Yeah, there's fat shaming. There's the, the truffle shuffle shuffle's not great. It's not great. But also, I feel like why I, and I'm not defending it anyway. It doesn't need to be in the script. And the poor actor um, basically quit acting after, because of this. Yeah. Because of fat shaming. And he's. And then he's, lost his weight. <laughs> well, he went through puberty. It's like, yeah. tr- you know, turns out, you know, you guys, <laughs> bodies are weird. <laughs> he had a great glow up and he's just an, a, a Hollywood uh, lawyer now. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> great. And probably making a lot more money and not scrounging for work as an actor. Good for you. So speaking of the truffle shuffle, though, the house that this is uh, filmed in in Astoria is a real house that has been bought somewhat recently. And the person who now owns it has a a doormat in front of it. First, you have to do the truffle shuffle. Uh, ah, but cute. It, yeah, it's, it's or maybe don't. <laughs> maybe don't. Uh, but my favorite thing of watching his walkthrough of his house, though, is that he showed a video where the house two places to the right of them has a sign that says Goonies not welcome because it's a pretty common thing that people who go to Astoria they will go by the Goonies house I mean, and to, to it be creates fair, a lot of traffic it's been, I get it it's been like 35 years you knew what you bought just it, that's you know fair. what I, I'm sorry just I, accept I it. agree with you but I, I understand where they're coming from in terms of <laughs> daily annoyance but yeah. there's no way that you're the right. realtor didn't didn't disclose this to you just so yeah. you know yeah uh, so anyhow he he put up a uh, subsequent sign that said like goonies welcome or hey you guys and, and, and on it with a pirate flag and whatnot and then the house in the middle between them has a in the goonies font sign on it now that says ignore karen with an arrow pointing to the other house that's amazing fantastic <laughs> So the one other sort of bummers thing I think here is sloth. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, I feel enough. like sloth is actually handled kind of well. Um, so even too. even though we're 1983-ish, um, we've got or 85, 85-ish. 85 when it was released, yeah. The reaction that the kids have to him, I feel like is a very genuine sort of kid reaction to someone yeah. who is unusual in any way. It's true, yeah. Um, it's sort of to other people. Kids sort of are very naturally terrible in that way. I mean, way. have you seen a story? They've got one Asian friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but by the end, Chunk has befriended him and is And even like, Mikey was nice. He was like, he, he realized around? right yeah. away. And, he, oh, he adopted him, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, indeed. Well, yeah. <laughs> Chunk decided that his family's going to adopt him. Quite minor, but the the Mikey is adopted joke was the other thing where it's like, yeah, yeah. we wouldn't do this in 2023. We would skip this joke. I and mean, there's a lot but, of yeah. this movie we wouldn't do in 2023. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But this we've... movie is PG. <laughs> there, we just said there were 19 shits in this movie. And one of the shits happened immediately during the credit sequence of the opening of this. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that already mm-hmm. happened. Unbelievable. And then another shit, like with like, I think it was like, there was already like five or six shits within the first scene. It's almost as though Spielberg forced the MPAA to invent this PG-13 rating. And Chris Columbus, you could argue, too. Yeah, for sure. Because we've got Temple of Doom and we've got Gremlins, both pretty much forcing people's hand. Yeah, they needed another system, which I'm surprised is when it's not. Because prior to this, Red Dawn had already come out. PG-13, first PG-13 movie. Yeah, This one could have been PG-13, but Spielberg goes, hey, guys. They hadn't quite figured it out yet. We're good, right? Yeah, Yeah, we're good, Stephen. It's it's fine. (laughs) So seeing this as an adult, I can definitely put together the the two solid nostalgia things of it's the 1980s. We love fucking water parks. Those are great. Yes. yes. We just want water slides everywhere. Waterfalls are fun. Uh, and that was a real water slide that was built for the movie. That, <laughs> the tunnels. So that they would use after filming. <laughs> of course, the other thing that is mashed up with water parks here is 
Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride at Disneyland, yeah. which uh-huh. it, like the latter half of the movie, it just feels like, okay, you're, you're on, you're on set, but it's, it's really, you're, you're at Disneyland, right? That's what's going on here. They had to make their own water park and yeah. had to build their own pirate ship. They built mm-hmm. that pirate ship and they specifically didn't show the child actors. So then when they would come into the room off of that water slide, they would have a genuine reaction to the ship, which was the, I'm sure the, the money that they had to put into this movie was building the freaking pirate ship. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason City Lapper also shot her bonkers. Absolutely bonkers music Seriously, video on yeah, it. Yeah, Matt, did you get a chance to watch the mu- the two-part music video? I mean, it should be good enough for me, but no, I haven't watched it's the like music video. It's like 12 minutes long, oh my God. and there's a whole plot that basically depicts the entire series of the movie uh, in, I, in different of, ways. Kind of, kind of. Kind of. It, but like, also similar has, circumstances. It has a WrestleMania tie-in. There's a whole plot going on. That Steven is, Spielberg makes a cameo. Andre the Giant Andre finishes it cameo. out. <laughs> it's, peak, it's peak 80s. And the bangle, the bangles are um, lady wenches, and they weren't, they didn't even hit yet. The bangles weren't popular yet. The bangles are just there. They were friends the with Cindy Lauper. Yeah, they they were opening number for her on tour at that time. That is bonkers. Yeah, when I, you get home, you need to watch this. It is. I'll I'll get right on that. And the scene cut for time with the giant octopus. <laughs> He's in there too. <laughs> yes. I, I'm sad about that because it doesn't. I'm make not. It I, I I think that that was oh. a good decision. I think it was decision. a good cut. I think it was a good I th- cut. I, th- oh. I, I think that. Watching it, I feel but, like it's out of tone with the rest. Ah, uh, okay. You think cut for time? Yes, good. But also, like when they're just they're coming down this giant water slide, and they're going, "Ooh, look at this big pirate ship! Let's go to it." Now you're gonna cut that in with mouth. Why are you touching me? Slap slap. And I'm not saying that's not like a funny scene. Yes, yeah, but like when you're yeah. cutting the whole movie together, like can we lose this? Yes, for sure. Does it look very good? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then it's also like it's in the whole music video, and I never realized this entire until today, years old. When Data's like, yeah, the giant octopus was the hardest part. I was like, oh, Data's learned how, he's learning from his friends how to exaggerate a story. How fun for him. Not yeah. really that was a cut scene. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, to me, that just plays as him learning from mouth how to lie. That's exactly. Really, I was like, yeah. oh, Data's so cute. He just, yeah, he's taking things from his friends. You're all good friends. And he's going to emphasize the story for the news because he wants to be famous. Not really that was actually a thing he said that was in the movie. Amazing. Yeah, they also cut the, they had a sacred oath for the Goonies, and they cut that whole thing, too. <laughs> they cut the entirety of the oath, which is so bonkers, <laughs> because they're, the tagline of the movie still ran. And the tagline of the movie was, take the oath, join the adventure. What oath? <laughs> what oath? <laughs> just take, uh, just an oath, whatever oath you feel like. I mean, clearly, we're going to make a paladin tonight, right? That's the plan. <laughs> you, the, you, Matt. Oath of the Goondocks. <laughs> <laughs> Duck Sands. So, <laughs> fun fact. According to international maritime salvage law, <laughs> Mikey owns the ship. Yeah. Mikey owns the ship. Go get and it, everything Mikey. on it. So all he they don't to do need is... to like go charter something real quick. It's just he got some jewels <laughs> off the ship. He owns the ship. Okay, but I have I, I have another problem with this. The Lou, if he kept the Lou Gehrig card, from, also like from a couple Chester, hundred thousand dollars from Cheshire Copperpot. <laughs> It's estimated to be like $275,000 at least, like on auction. Yeah. That's more valuable than any of the jewels they would have like gotten off with in that <laughs> little marble true. bag. You don't know how much those jewels are worth. They look pretty cosmetic jewelry to me. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't tear up that contract, sir. Your house is in foreclosure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never signing anything again ever. This woman we hired yesterday says so. We're good. <laughs> 
So I, I want to go to a, a very specific, very targeted, almost hostile question for Ian. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. Let's go. So really early scene right. in the in the Walsh house. How do you feel how they did with their fish tank? I mean, they, they did have like, like kind of a zombie thing going on in it. You know, I did see the fish tank and noted, hey, there's a fish tank. I wonder how they're moving that. <laughs> <laughs> and thought no further of it. I did not. I see. I see. That was your question. I was thinking, why is this entire attic that nobody's supposed to go into? And they're foreclosing on it tomorrow. <laughs> Definitely don't pack that up. You know, the most cluttered thing in the entirety of the house. Don't pack that up. I mean, the museum's going to take care of that, right? That's the that's, that's how work works. It seems like it was rejected. So I guess it just gets tossed. While we're talking about the attic, the the weirdest thing, the weirdest uh, rabbit hole I went down on research mm. uh, for the movie was there was a random like thing in the background in the attic that had text on it. And I was like, what the hell is that? And the answer is it was one of those like robotic fortune tellers. It was oh, a sure. Cleveland grandma fortune teller machine. Oh. Uh, and I, I know, I no longer even remember what the specific text was. I think on, probably but... somebody in the in the in the movie saw big, and they're like, "Let's put this over here." <laughs> for sure, <laughs> let's put a Zoltar back here for no reason. <laughs> but, Kids like this movie. <laughs> but given that we are playing in your Strahd campaign, I just immediately noticed the fortune teller robot. Like, okay, that's that's important. Mm-hmm. I should care about this. They're gonna give you never a quest. appears again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <nope. laughs> <laughs> only only the the robot. Uh, no, another robot. Only. Only the map, which yes. conveniently has a bit of a MacGuffin, but then also Chester Copperpot has one. And thankfully, they've curated all these things. I, you shouldn't ask too many questions about how this movie is put together. It is a funhouse dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is why I was like, this is a perfect D&D movie. Why aren't we talking about this sooner? <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. has a chance to shine. All the characters get like a bit of like a, I'm good at this. Wait, you know, put my hand up. I, I'll, I'll tackle this puzzle. I can play the piano ish. I <laughs> I sure. know I know booty traps. I mean booby. That's what I said. <laughs> okay, so we. Ha- I just rally the troops around me. <laughs> I, I I while we're saying I can play the piano ish. We I of course anyone who plays any instrument is supposed to I, I assume know that A sharp is B flat. The same as B flat. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the joke. She didn't play it, and she, and she was panicked. Yeah, no, she's freaking out. She's having a hard time. I was time. trying to pay attention. I don't think this movie passed the Bechdel test. It's, it, <laughs> we tried. We were paying close attention. Very nope. close attention in the entire watch. It, it was not close. Pass. Close. I was like, oh, we've got two girls of the same age. Maybe they want to talk about a boy. Nope. I mean, Steph is just kind of a cock block. That's her whole purpose. No, she let that kiss with Mikey happen. Oh, she that's knew what was true. going on. That's she true. knew what was happening. She was like, how, so how'd it go? That's hilarious. <laughs> it, for a long time, there was a weird thing going on. And yeah, you're right. She does let it through. And then she's asking a lot of questions. So how'd it go? Yeah. <laughs> she's just she's willing to let her friend fail horribly. I mean, <laughs> she was in that car with Troy. She knows her friend's making bad decisions. She's just like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Let's go. You're going to stick with this. This is my entertainment. <laughs> this creepy guy that's going to definitely like, you said, look in your shirt. We see him look up her skirt. So I was like, yeah, which way yeah. is that? Which way is that going? Yeah. I, I'm that was Steph. a rear viewer going down her shirt. Like <laughs> the mechanics is, is difficult. Troy, <laughs> She'd have to be really trying. Troy was not a good driver. <laughs> But he had nepotism that let him pass. Yes. <laughs> and he probably paid somebody off to fail Brand. Brand probably did fine. Although, you know, had to steal a bike, I think, from Data's sister. Yes. It's next door, right? There's it has next, to be Data's sister. There's a next door kid. We saw oh, Data yeah, come no, back from my I was like, wait, that's sure. Data's sister. He yeah. just plucked Data's sister off of her bike. Grabbed that and then almost got murdered. <laughs> so, and then just, yeah, know. attempted murder. This is fine. Okay. He's rich. <laughs> 
wild tangent. I think it's only mentioned once that the brother's name of Mikey is Brandon rather than like brand is what they're calling him for the entire movie. I've had, I had a childhood friend named Brandon. I I never heard the nickname brand. That's awesome. I haven't either. But everybody, everybody has a nickname. Seems solid. It's a good nickname. It's a solid nickname. And I also, I didn't put that together until we watched, um, you know, a couple days ago from 30 years ago, but all the Goonies, all the Goonies have nicknames. Mm -hmm. Sean Astin's character, Michael's Mikey Walsh. Josh Brolin is Brandon Brand Walsh. Jeff Cohen is Lawrence Chunk Cohen. Corey Feldman is Clark Mouth DeVroe. So I would say he maybe should know French more than Spanish, but yeah, it's fine. Ki Kwan is He's Rich. a multilinguist. He's multilingual. <laughs> Ki Kwan is Richard Data Wang. Carrie Green is Andrea Teresa Andy Carmichael. Martha Plimpton's Stephanie Steph Steinbrenner. And even Sloth is Lonnie. For Tally. Yeah. He's also a Goonie. Yeah. Nobody else has a little cute nickname. I thought, oh my gosh, it's so cute. Like, but it also feels like I want a kids on bike. And I'm like, okay, if I want to, I'm going to make a kids on bike character. And you got to have a nickname. I got to have a cute nickname. Yeah, you have to have I've got to yep. have like a proper 80s Mandatory name, but then a nickname. nickname. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if you go with that and you are an artificer, you have to have fun nicknames for all of the gadgets that you make too. Oh, yeah, and you go sure. data. Yeah. Those were great. So good. Pins- <laughs> Pincers apparel. Loved it. For like, sure. Slick shoes. Slick shoes. What are you crazy? <laughs> they, they know it. They're like, no, what are you doing? Don't do that. They know his, they know his tricks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we could talk about this for quite a long while, but I think we should build a character maybe. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, let's get to it. For listeners who are new to this podcast, we roll to see who's going to guide the conversation and also break ties when an Ifrita stalemate. I'm rolling dice is fun. All right, so tonight I'm rolling one of Karina's dice, and we're going to get to exactly why that is in just a moment. Um, I just buy better dice. Oh. Well, I, I had some dice that kind of worked for this, but honestly, no, I... Cool. I wanted to see this die get rolled for the Goonies. So I am rolling a die that you've heard about recently on the Moana podcast uh-huh. from Dice Winch. This is the ship in a bottle die. And honestly, while it was not the appropriate ship for Moana, it was just a ship for Moana. It yep. is definitely the appropriate pirate ship Absolutely. for the Goonies. Absolutely. And I was like, ah, I just rolled that for Moana. I wish I had a better one for Moana because darn. But then I just grabbed a handful of dice out of my dice bag and I was like, oh, dang. I happened upon. <laughs> Please note, she said, "Hand out of the, the the bag of her dice, a bag, a dice a bag. bag, one of the mini dice bags." I will not be shamed. <laughs> anyway, and th- here's what happened when I did that, thankfully, because it was just I stuck my hand in. And I'll see what comes out. The absolute perfect die, because what do we see at the beginning of this movie when it says Goonies? We see a big Jolly Roger, and then it slowly pans in. And this die is from Black Oak Workshop. It was from an adventure calendar, which was the Death Gal Galleon. So it was very pirate-themed. There's a big ghost ship that's coming across, and it's all very ghost ship-themed. And um, it's a Jolly Roger, meaning to say skull and crossbones, but the bones aren't bones. They're like cutlasses that cut across. Yes, feels very goodies. Goodies never said I. Yes, and one-eyed willy. But it has two eyes, but yes. <laughs> well, I have one I think I've kind of used before, but it is pretty perfect for this in the very same way. It is from Bryce's Dice, and it was also a Kickstarter project for the Deadly Skull Dice. And it has a skull behind every number, but it is a hollow metal die, which if you have like a couple of them and you ring them together, they make a cool sound. 
it does seem like a, like you're like clinking some doubloons or something together. It does. Right? Yeah. It does. It sounds that way. Well, should we roll for initiative? Let's. You can see pictures of these dice on our Instagram at Hollywood Rolls. All right. Well, I'm coming in hot with 15 here. 15. Oh. Mm, not enough. Oh, Karina. Oh. I got a. I got a four. <laughs> a four. Okay. That's I'm gonna say, I got a two, but yeah, two. I got an 18. Oh, dang. All right. Ian's coming running hot. the show. All right. So where are we starting, Ian? I think we can just go in standard order. So uh, let's get started with race. Okay. Sounds good. So let me tell you about uh, at least one mark. Yeah. It, it was rough. Um, I, I think the only one that really works well is uh, Mark of Finding Human, which does give you Hunter's Intuition, which is not how you would think of it because it's, it's more like traditionally around like finding foes. In this case, though, and not rich, and not rich stuff. <laughs> yeah, finding. I mean, those, there is those... a locate object option at third level. Because I yeah. thought it was also about. Fi- but the know, way that it things. actually works, though, is that it gives you yeah. an extra d4 in survival and perception checks, which I think is actually pretty good for him. Uh, and it also gives you finder's magic, which is, is hunter's mark. It gets you, and then later on, it does give you locate object. Oh, that's, that's kind of fun. Sure. Mark of Passage is also kind of interesting, but not necessarily. Except you have to ignore all of the flavor text, yeah. though. Ah, <laughs> uh, of course. This is why Ian ignored it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Passage also a little bit with Moana. Yeah, um, more recently. In yeah, one of our builds. I, I yeah. mean, there's a degree to which uh, Legend of the Hidden Temple is based on the Goonies, or at least same idea, Funhouse Dungeon. Uh, sure. And to that extent, it does seem like Mikey is sort of leading them through a lot of difficult sort of arbitrary challenges. Ah, um, difficult terrain. <laughs> difficult terrain, if you will. Yes, indeed. But even so, I, I do think a mark of finding is probably a little bit more interesting. It is. Uh, but I think there are some better options. I mean, we are talking about a canonical halfling. <laughs> Oh, do you mean Samwise Gamgee? In a different, yes. in a different, in a different <laughs> property. So Sean sure. Astin isn't a isn't a real human being. It's just Samwise Gamgee. I mean, I guess that's, in that's that, right. In that uh, same, isn't that right? In that same vein, and he's also dead in Stranger Things. Spoilers. True. <laughs> Bob. Mm, yeah. Mm. So do you I want un- do you want undying or undead? No, no, I don't. So the one I really liked actually was Kender. Oh, Kender works really nice. It does work because it's a supernatural curiosity that drives him to adventure, which is really what he does. Kind of like he he wants to believe in something. I always feel like there's a time where I'm like, I'm bored. I literally have nothing in my race because I was like, I don't know, no, maybe. And then Mm -hmm. you guys come up with like some things. I'm like, oh, yeah, obviously. Kender (laughs) is so great. I love this. And it's like you get fearless advantage on saving throws against uh, being uh, frightened, which works, I, I think, pretty well. Like he, he is not the one in the group who is getting frightened by all of the things he, that are happening to them. He, yeah, yeah by, by all rights, Mikey should be the one that's like, uh, yeah, I need to like, we all should run away. But he's like, no, guys, let's all come around. And he mm-hmm. seems fearless. I love it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a pretty solid I think the only thing that I would say is in the weird, unusual small races, I, I did look at Kinder and I liked Kinder pretty well. Mm-hmm. I, I think I liked slightly better than Kinder and really just for one ability. Goblin. Oh, God. <laughs> 
And specifically what Goblin gets you is Fury of the Small. So when you damage a creature with an attack or spell and that creature's size is larger than yours, you mm-hmm. can cause that to do oh, more I've damage. Oh, i Goblin. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, and I do feel like... How do we see Mikey doing that? Uh, so uh, 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 kids suck. Uh, we've, we've established this with <laughs> the Fratelli The brand uh, came in mother. and just sort of said we're leaving. And they're like, yeah, fine. Get out of here, I guess. <laughs> Without it, any context of why Brand's here or why he's now they're fine with everybody leaving. <laughs> mostly I just like the explanation of all of the kids being goblins as a whole, as a way of sort of explaining. Oh, kids are goblins. How, That's right. I, I as an easy way of explaining how they managed to overcome all of the adults in this without any real challenge. I think it's kind of cute because... You know, you're assuming these kids are the out. You know, they're the outcasts. They're yeah. the Goonies, right? They have to give themselves a name. I mean, he's got an inhaler, so clearly he's an outcast. But everybody <laughs> has like a flaw, right? Yeah. Giving them a name, being the Goonies, and it's not too far to go to Goblins, yes. But there's other kids that are more popular, so they've probably been bullied, which is also why they're. It's also the '80s, so everybody was just bullying everybody. But they bullied each other constantly. Yeah. And, have, have you yeah. been in the '80s, my sir? <laughs> <laughs> have you been a child? I mean, <laughs> yeah, have you been a child? Fair. To be fair, to be fair, yes. Okay, I also undersold Goblin. I also want to note there is another ability that is appropriate here. They all get Nimble Escape, which gives you uh, Disengage or... Let's get her away from the Fratellis. <laughs> disengage or Hide as a bonus action against they're the Fratellis. Little, they're just little... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. They're all just little cockroaches. <laughs> It does feel that way sometimes when you're watching. You're like, wait, how'd they get so far away? It, it, I mean, so there's... These there's, cuts don't make sense. There's the early... How'd they get there? Have you seen our kids? They move fast. I also, yeah. It also feels that way. Wait, where'd they go? Ian came home today and said, where'd the kids? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> they were right here. I think maybe they went outside. They're probably fine. <laughs> We see that in action when they're hiding behind the rock from the uh, Fratellis outside the restaurant very early on in the movie. This is fun because, like, how, how do you justify, like, 80s mechanics where, like, the kid, you know, like, yeah. a kid obviously <laughs> thinks that they're smarter than an adult. We as the adult know. They're all goblins. That's <laughs> the real answer. <laughs> like I said, kids are goblins. Kids are goblins. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I get the idea, but I, I like the, the positive nature rather than the negative nature okay, of Kender. So maybe, <laughs> maybe Mikey's a Kender and the rest are goblins. So he can control all the goblins <laughs> with his fearlessness. They all want to ride up Troy's bucket. I don't know. I feel like I'm on team Kinder for Mike. Yeah. So you mentioned briefly there was the Sean Astin, he's Samwise joke, but I, I think Halfling it's, it's is not a solid choice reasonable. As well. Like Lucky and Brave are pretty solid aspects yeah. for him too. But I liked the the like, Kinder the curiosity part was the thing that I liked about Kinder. Like the, Lucky and Brave are Halflingy, sure, but mm-hmm. and Kinder are really functionally just a specialized version of Halflings, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't it's disagree true. with that. I think yeah, they're just like a little bit more. There's a bit more gumption, and I feel like he's got that gumption. All right. Well, are we are we going with 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 my wishes here? You're in charge, man. Okay, I'm doing it. No objections here. All right. Well, Uh, my notes had Kinder just a mention, but I I'm happy to be going with it. My notes are empty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's skip forward to uh, background before we get to the meat. I have two, and one of them is my. Yeah. Start with your mandatory one, Karina. So, I want to take you on a journey. This is gonna (laughs) this is going to go a little dark. All right. Much like I think a PG-13 movie might, but this is a PG movie. Lots of shits. A little scary. (laughs) Probably should have been PG-13 like Gremlins should have been. Gremlins is also PG? Yes! It is. Yeah. No, functionally, Gremlins probably created the PG-13 rating. So famously, Gremlins and Temple of Doom. 
pretty much in tandem. People disagree about which one, but it seems like both collectively they're like, we can't have this. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't okay, guys. There's mur- there's murder and parents can't guide their children. It requires a, too, much parental guidance. <laughs> too much parental guidance. Too much parental guidance. We have to put it in the hands of teenagers <laughs> to ask you how old you are. Two, te- two teens in a trench coat have to yeah. decide how old you are. All right, carry on. <laughs> Anywho, yes. So <clears throat> come with me on this journey of um, a sad, sad tale. I think as ideal as the Walsh house is, not as it seems, Mikey's father has crushing debt, so much so that he lies awake at night, frightened over it. He's a very demanding man. Nobody's allowed to the attic, but he continually leaves the ladder door down. <laughs> wonder why he's doing that. How exactly did Mrs. Walsh hurt her arm? Interesting. <laughs> Mikey is haunted by the domestic rage of Mr. Walsh. And when his friends look into his eyes, they want to help him to have one last goonie adventure. The I knew that the arm was going to come into this <laughs> somehow. I had questions. All right. So who's looking into Mikey's eyes? All of his friends. Okay. Okay. When he's doing the, it's my, it's our time. Speech, it's our time down here. She puts her, Andy puts her Troy jacket, even though I was like, don't, don't, that, you need it for warmth. But she sends that right up Troy's bucket. <laughs> Again, phrasing. Up Troy's bucket, yep. No up one the bucket one, I really. <laughs> no one ride Troy's bucket. <laughs> All that changes once we go up Troy's bucket. <laughs> oh boy, phrasing, phrasing. Right, all right. Okay, okay. I. I Tell mean, me it's not. <laughs> that's that's not bad. And you're probably correct. <laughs> I think the simpler explanation for Haunted One is maybe that there's like this trickle down economics Reagan thing going Troy on. Troy and his dad trying to shut down. Everyone's trying to buy all the poor people's homes to make a golf course. Yeah. Nope. And so he's 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 haunted. He's haunted by <laughs> Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love it. I love it. No, he was only he was only been the president for about a year, but sure. Maybe could you go down to Oregon? <laughs> it's still affecting us now, so yeah, fuck you, Ronald Reagan. I love it. All right. All right. Well, I think there was one solid option, but I wanted like a junior in front of it. <laughs> oh. Oh no, what's I'm so curious now. Concerns. Go I on. Want, I want junior archaeologist. Ah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you want you want. No. It's like he's an archaeologist in training. <laughs> okay, so here's what I like about archaeologist. It will give you the map in your background. Yeah, historical knowledge. I've also got one that gives you a map, though. And and that one would be inheritor. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. the other one I have down. Solid. <laughs> Those are the two I have. Inheritor. I think inheritor works better. I, I both of them I like a lot. Um, they, they both give you like the right things. So you get from archaeologists, you get history and survival and cartographer's tools. He's, uh, not, he's not well in the in the cutscenes. He is doing more cartography stuff, but not yeah. in the canonical movie that we see today. And uh, the historical knowledge when you enter a ruin or dungeon, you can correctly ascertain its original purpose and he's determine not. its its builders. Yeah, he doesn't know any of that, but whatever. Although he does happen to like. Just he does fi- figure out things that he I mean, shouldn't be able to figure out so quickly. He's the kid in the escape room. We're like, yeah, three things. I guess I'll just like, oh yeah, I do this. Brush away this like <laughs> thing, and I just know that it's here. How'd you find that, Mikey? He is the one kid who knows that they've made it further than Chester Copperpot, who is the professional archaeologist who comes. Also, in not a them. professional archaeologist, just sort of like a local crackpot. <laughs> okay, just kind of a just kind of weird. That guy, was the craziest sure, thing sure. to me that they were like, if Chester Copperpot couldn't find it, how would we? I'm like, he's not a renowned archaeologist, you guys. The thing you just read, he's a local crackpot that went on an adventure. 
<laughs> okay, okay. So I think archaeologist versus inheritor. So the only thing I didn't like about inheritance is that he didn't inherit that. He did, though. I mean, it was his dad's and he took it. <laughs> yes, that's what inheritance does. And it literally says nothing. His dad's still alive. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ian. Flavor text. They're about to lose their house next day. Mm-hmm. His dad is about ready to hand over everything. They're mm-hmm. already trying to pack up. There's no way that that's going anywhere, but it's going to stay there. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. It's true. No, I'm I'm not mad about Inheritor. I think that works pretty well. Those are the two I had down. Also, I like what it gets us because literally we can make it a document such as a map, mm-hmm. a letter or a journal. And yep. then you get proficiency with survival or either arcana, history or religion. And I feel like any of those map really well. It's true. Yeah, map. I think Inheritor probably fits better, and I think that's probably the right direction for yeah. us to go in the podcast. What I will note, though, is that if we go with Archaeologist, almost everything is stronger than Inheritor. So we're going to get Archaeologist, Junior Archaeologist. We're going to get <laughs> we're going to get a wooden case. I'm rolling contain- my eyes so hard. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get the wooden case containing a map to a ruin or dungeon as part of the background equipment. So that is the primary feature of Inheritor. And and then we're also going to get the feature that lets us understand sort of what's going on in the room. Here's what I kind of wanted out of the movie. They said, I don't want to go on any more of your crazy adventures, Mikey. Yeah. I wanted them to say one other crazy adventure they'd ever gone when, on. We just yeah. got to harken back to all Marky, Mikey's crazy adventures. If in the I past. had like some context, I might agree with you guys for archaeologist. I don't feel like this is it. I feel like this is like, well, I'm like, Hail Mary. But his dad has told him this, and he's just like, hey, my dad's told me about this. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like history is kind of there. What's the system that you like have to justify like some past events that gives you the ability to do something? There's a few of those. Okay, um, so I think what you're thinking one of One Last is Job, I think, is the one you're thinking of. Either One Last Job or Blades in the Dark. Both of them have a flashback. Yeah, mechanic. yeah, yeah, yeah. A flashback mechanic. That's right. And that's what I really kind of want. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's As you were saying that, it was that was what I was thinking. Mikey, not another one of your crazy adventures. <laughs> Remember when we did this. <laughs> Let's <yeah>. go. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. No, so, I think Inheritor works pretty well with, with the map that they get from the attic. Sure. Although, thank you, Ian, because now I want to play a kids on bikes game with the one Junior last job rule of oh, yeah. flashbacks for the kids. All right. <laughs> well, what's next, Ian? Well, we've got we've got race. We've got background. So I guess we're on to class. OK, well, let's just get this started off with a solid, very reasonable warlock argument. Okay, well, I solid, mean, very reasonable sorry, warlock argument. I'm with... sorry, Matt. Every every young boy is guided by his one-eyed Willie, right? So how is he a <laughs> warlock? I think there is an obvious choice to be made here. Mm-hmm. And to me, the obvious choice to be made is one-eyed Willie is the patron. Yeah. Yeah. And one-eyed Willie is the patron. We've done Fathomless recently. Fathomless is kind of interesting there. But... I feel like Fathomless is what we no. want, though, right? But it gets us too. weird tentacle stuff that Mikey shouldn't have. I feel like Archfey works maybe a little bit better. Oh, I thought a great old one worked. I was actually looking at the undying here. Oh, okay. Okay, so for undying as our patron, we've got Goonies Never Say Die as a canonical line in the movie. (laughs) Sure. And it's a weird set of spells, one that gets you spare the dying as a warlock, which is a kind of interesting option to have, kind of a party building option to have. When, When people are in trouble, you can stop them from meeting their untimely end there are a handful of other weird ones like speak with dead which we could maybe use with uh willie chester copperpot i was thinking oh. also willie <laughs> uh, we've got a few dead people to maybe converse with to figure out not to touch the gold and 
who exactly he is and that there are traps nearby perhaps. But of course, if we're going to be warlock, we have two choices to make. We have to choose a patron and we have to choose a pact. And he really doesn't have a familiar and he really doesn't have a blade. And that mm-hmm. only leaves pact of the tome. And there's the treasure map. It's the map. That's it's not map, really though. a tome. It's the map. It almost works, but I don't think it quite gets there. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Although, if One-Eyed Willie is your patron, I think that is still a fun character to play. You're just not quite monkey. (laughs) Yeah, I had a hard time with this one. I I looked at Rogue Masterbind, and it didn't really work for me. It's like, he's the planner. He's not 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 really that kind of planner. Not that kind of planner. No. No. Uh, Rogue Scout actually doesn't upset me too much. It does give him some abilities to feel like he is in charge of guiding the party. Yeah, but he doesn't ever go ahead of the party. And they are literally yeah. on a dungeon crawl and he's never in front. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, no, I, I I mostly centered on Bard. I also centered on Bard. Because we just watched the Dungeons & Dragons movies and so... He feels he feels very Edgin. Yeah, yeah. he's the I'm planner. And the, the idea they, they, guy. The bard makes plans. That's what they do, right? He is the heart of the party. He's yeah. the heart of the party, and I feel like mostly what he's doing is throwing out inspiration. Yes, like most of it is is buffing his pals. Yeah, he's mostly just like there being the the heart of the Goonies. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, maybe once, maybe used during the prologue for this very podcast, he's giving a speech to everyone to try and bolster their spirits. It's true. Like, if we didn't go this way, I wanted to argue for the feat of um, inspiring leader. Inspiring leader. Yeah, Yeah. that's one. All right, Ian. Well, I had a hard time settling on a specific subclass, a specific college of bard. He's a kid. He doesn't go to college yet. I want one. Oh, are we level two? Is that your plan? (laughs) That was my thought. I, I there, there were some things, some ones that like could work. Like, I, 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 I don't know. What, what did you think right now? Well, so I like one specifically because I feel like Mikey is a scholar of his father, and I feel like his father is also the same class, Bard College of Valor. So I feel like he's learning from his father. Even his older brother's like, Dad just told you anything to go to bed, and he's like, No, my dad speaks the truth. So he's taking these stories of One and Willie to heart, and he's mm-hmm. putting them like in his soul as like. I, I know these stories front to back. These have to be rooted in truth. Let's go. And I think it's kind of the heart of the College of Valor where you you take these stories in. But also what he's doing is now he's taking these stories in and he's telling his friends, we got to go get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he can go alone. But like, bye, fuck off. Which is why I didn't go with the other one. Um, College of Lore. College of Lore. I know College of Lore. I wanted to work, and it was like, no, this doesn't work very well. I don't think College of Lore works because nobody's going to follow him. College of Valor works because he's helping his friends. Yeah, yeah. I did also look at um, College of Spirits because the the flavor text, which is Bards of College <laughs> of Spirits, seek tales of with inherent power. Yep, yep. So sure, for like him. they're all seeking tales, and, they are. and like in some form. Bards are going to be like, like, collecting so with, knowledge. With, with Valor, you can also, at third level, you can help your, you inspire your party in battle. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's kind of getting us toward what you guys were talking about, like where we can have that inspiring speech. It's it's yeah. it's getting us halfway yeah. there. Yeah, I, I like that 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 more because I, I, I was looking at College of Eloquence. But at a but baby level because he's a little baby guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He keeps mixing up his words, so I didn't feel like Eloquence yeah. quite worked. It's only third level. We yeah. get it. If we hadn't had that cut scene, I feel like we would be having a discussion about maybe Oath of Glory Paladin here, because it does seem like he is on a quest and he's got the specific goal to get through to this. If uh, one is a is a deity, sure. Yeah, <laughs> is I, he a deity? 
we we that that scene is cut. We don't have enough detail to go on there, but uh, I think Paladin is maybe an interesting and choice. And the fathomless from from the giant octopus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All this For is sure. interesting, but I have to bring it back to. I don't think he's at level three, and I don't think we have to make this choice. Oh, so he's just a level level one, level two powered. Yeah, I'm. I'm Heavy not. Size. I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm actually not upset with that. So here's here's the thing that Choose I want to say. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> I we often build level three or higher characters because we want to try and get the subclass to information in to inform mm-hmm. to make a character that has enough abilities to be and- especially interesting. But what I would say is, I think people are sleeping on. Level one and level two play, I think those can be a lot of fun when there are low stakes and you're just trying to figure out who your party is and you're just having those really relatable small moments rather than those big adventure moments. What's also could be interesting is if you know that you definitely want to get to this point. Yeah. How mm-hmm. you want to get your character from point A to point C. Because yeah. now you are the one giving that speech down in the well. It's our time. It's our time that I'm here. I want to be a College of Valor bard, and I need to justify the fuck out of that. Yeah. So what am I going to do? I'm going to give this speech, and I'm going to justify to my DM that I'm College of Valor. Hey, side eye to my like DM. It. Are you seeing what I'm doing over here? Here's how I'm going to do it. I'm doing it right now. Here we go. Let's do it. You're Perfect. Like, Hell yeah. Now you're absolutely College of Valor bard down here in the depths of wherever, Astoria. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you are now a Valor bard. Go do it. All right, then. I think we're ready to discuss ability scores. Sounds good. So we finished discussion offline, and as far as ability scores, Mikey is highest in charisma, and we dumped his constitution for his inhaler. And so to summarize, Mikey is a level two Kender bard with the inheritor background. So how playable is he? Like a funhouse dungeon Goonies style in Dungeons and Dragons would be fun, but I do feel like there are systems that are better suited for it. I don't know about like the system. I feel like this is just so open field because yeah. his character's not like so emblematic about a thing that he does yeah. that you're going to really feel like you're playing this character or that it's going to help your play unless like a moment comes up where you're going to be the inspiring leader that he is. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be hard to make a character that feels like it's playing Mikey specifically. I think in terms of the archetype that he occupies of like the outsider kid with an inhaler who's going to lose his house and like yeah that list of things you could make something that kind of fits into again i think it would be easier in a system other than dungeons and dragons sure karina i'm really excited to have heaven be a kinder because it really gives you all the agency to just go i don't care let's go we're like let's go try let's go do it because yeah. i feel like as especially as a new player we're trying to come in you're like i don't what am i supposed to do like your character wants to find adventure go yeah. like that really, yeah. I think, helps inform your play. So I'm very excited by the Kinder um, option. I think that's the right way to go because I feel like people, especially new players, really focus on the race as like, what am I? You're, I know. Yeah, it really doesn't matter that much. You're informing your play first with the Kinder, I think is extremely smart because that's going to lead right into how you need to be the leader of the group. Now, if you're not that person at the table, and I'm certainly not, <laughs> you might have, be having a hard time. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the the biggest thing he's got going for him from the character we've built is trying to rally the group that you're in yeah. around going forward towards the adventure. Yeah. I think if you were going to take one thing from Mikey as a character to inform Dungeons and Dragons play, and I may be a bit biased because this is totally my character's whole deal, is <laughs> um, Mikey's 
deep seated fear that as soon as people move away, that everyone's going to lose touch with one another and the social circle is going to fall apart. And then he will have no friends and no won't friends. understand like he will become untethered and have to reinvent himself, basically. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and so having a character who is afraid of what would happen if people left him is mm-hmm. an interesting sort of it, it yeah motivating factor. That's for actually D&D that's character. really good. I think that this is an interesting play. Like we don't talk much about like flaws or like bonds or whatever, but you know there's an argument to be made for that so, yeah. in mm-hmm. this play. Where I feel like it doesn't always come up in play. I think sometimes this this would. Yeah. Um. You know, like yeah, like as a, if you're especially if you're new to the table play. Yeah, you, you as Mikey, you cannot, don't let Andy get up that tray bucket. Anyone leaves and it's all over. Troy rolled an outro 20 for that bucket to come down. He <laughs> happened to be at the right place at the right time. You need to convince her not to go up that bucket because it all falls apart. If all your friends go up that bucket, it's an easy way out. And there are literal murderers coming after you. <laughs> you have to get an at 20 for all your friends not to get up that bucket. And he does it. You go up Troy's bucket and it's all over. <laughs> it's all over. I mean, we know he's an asshole, but also that's the difference between living and dying and yeah. everybody stays with him, which is, I, I feel like a nat 20 role. Come yeah, on. Yeah, no, that's a, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a, you've got some charisma stuff going on there some, for sure. Some charisma stats for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Want to play Mikey Walsh? You can find the character sheet at hollywoodrolls.com. Please leave us a rating on whatever podcatcher you use. Find your way to the bottom of a wishing well and scream the name of our podcast to anyone up there, even Troy. The best place to find us is HollywoodRolls.com. Email us suggestions for movies or characters at richstuff at HollywoodRolls.com. We're at HollywoodRolls on Instagram, at Hollywood underscore Rolls on Twitter, and Patreon at Patreon.com slash HollywoodRolls. We're not sponsored by D&D Beyond, Bitches of the Coast, Kirkland Brand, Spirits and Wines, Discord, Black Oak Workshop, Dice Winch, Bryce's Dice, Warner Brothers Pictures, the Astoria Warrington Area Chamber of Commerce, or the Astoria Country Club, Oregon Film Museum, Jeep, Ford Mustang GT, Ready Whip, Hostess Twinkies, Swenson's Ice Cream, Pepsi, Domino's Pizza, Baby Ruth, Nike, Steinway, or DC Comics. Thanks for listening.